0: Hi, EnterVR listeners. I have exciting news to announce. In an effort to create more and better content, EnterVR brought along a sponsor. It wasn't easy finding a sponsor that aligned with the values and ideals of the show, but I think we found the right partnership with Veer VR. Because the metaverse isn't going to build itself, and thankfully, the tools to build it are becoming easier to use and more accessible to everyone. Tools like Veer. Veer is a social network supported by an ecosystem of hardware and software tools for a thriving community of 360 content creators all around the world. Whether you are capturing MeetSpace or virtual environments, Veer helps you create, edit, and share 360 content. And best of all, it's totally free. I've been using Veer myself for the past couple months to capture and share some of my favorite memories and I've been having a lot of fun doing it. So check out Veer in your favorite app store or go to veer.tv to get started. Now without further ado, please enjoy the show. VR, the podcast about all things virtual reality. I'm Chris Miranda, your host. Today I'm speaking with an all around scholar and gentleman of virtual reality, Carl Krantz from Silicon Valley Virtual Reality, is joining me on the show today. Carl, thank hey you Chris. So much for joining me. Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey,
1: How are you good. doing? Nice um, to talk to you again.
0: Yeah, likewise. It's been a year since we last spoke. Um, awesome. So we have a lot to catch up on, um, but let's get right into it. Uh, I have questions about the Apple LG Valve investing in that micro display company um did you you hear the news about it uh, last week i think
1: i did well i saw i saw news and then i saw a second story that said that was actually not true so i didn't really look that deeply into it
0: oh no okay well i hope it's true because i saw some photo comparisons between these new amoled displays these micro displays versus the current ones that samsung is using and it looks insane it yeah. looks insane. Like the the screen, they effectively eliminated the screen door effect by, uh, you know, by a uh, by a lot. I mean, a lot, and it just threw me off. And I and I just seemed too good to be true. So I've, I I was wondering if you had any uh, thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about micro displays. I'm really excited about uh, uh, what's the company um, uh, was it Varo?
0: Vario or or uh, something like um,
1: that. Yeah. That, that has this uh, you know, just ridiculously high-resolution display concept. and I was reading about how that works, and they actually use a micro-display in the center and then a traditional display around it, and there's a mirror that um, positions the micro-display directly where the center of your retina is looking, wherever you're looking, so effectively giving you a much higher resolution you know, where you need it because your eyes don't see high-resolution the, in the um, peripheral
0: so is this using eye tracking to keep you to keep the mirrors um, in your phobia or something? Yeah,
1: it requires eye tracking, and it and it basically gives you uh, you know a kind of phobiated rendering, um, almost like a physical layer phobiated rendering using mirrors. And so, what does the resolution come out to? Um, uh, I forget what the resolution on that one was, but uh, it, it was very high, like ridiculously high, like eight K or sixteen K or something.
0: Yeah, it's getting insane. <laughs> Maybe <now>. even higher. <laughs> that's well that's awesome to hear I, ho- I hope um, and, and you and, and for sure they're like a legit company you think right oh
1: yeah yeah um, uh, the VR funds invested in um, you know people we know and respect uh, are, are involved and say that yeah this is the real deal
0: Nice. Man, I wish I I wish there was more news about this.
1: You know, it's So yeah, so they call it human eye resolution. So whatever that is, they're saying seventy times better than what's currently offered.
0: Huh. Have you gotten the chance to try the Vive Pro by any chance?
1: Uh I did. Yeah. At CES I got to try the Vive Pro. Um yeah, it was awesome. I mean it was it was uh you know, extra pixels are great. Having you know more resolution, um, I would have loved to have spent some time with like a browser or the Steam interface or something. Uh, I, I did not get to do that. I just got to do a, a Ready Player One themed experience that was built on uh, Sansar. But um, it was really nice. The thing I liked the most about it was like how comfortable it kind of it kind of like sat on your head and this like very almost like a almost like a glove the way it just like kind of curved around your head when it when it uh, finally fit it was really nice it was like the deluxe audio strap but you know twice as comfortable
0: really how does it compare to in my opinion the most comfortable headset is the PSVR so how does it compare with the PSVR or the most comfortable headset in your opinion
1: yeah, I would say it's pretty close. Uh, PSVR is comfortable for me. There's a few weirdnesses for me w- with my head shaped. I do have a big head, so <laughs> I know I'm not built for the all headsets, especially Asian headsets. But um, yeah, I, I actually I think I probably like the Vive Pro the best of everything I've tried as far as comfort and the way the weight sits. I mean, one thing with the Vive is it always you know it's very front heavy. And you feel it like pulling down on the front of your face, and I did not feel that at all with the uh, Vive Pro.
0: Really, that's exciting. And how were the optics or the the lenses? Were there any difference?
1: Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't focus too much on like you know the actual lenses that 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 kind of thing. Like screen door and lens never really catches my eye when I'm looking at a headset. I know some people really hone in on that as like whether it's a good headset or not, but it never bothered me so. <laughs> I don't. I don't look at that too closely, but um, I didn't remember it being an issue.
0: Did they demo the Vive Pro with the knuckles controllers by any chance? No, um, I did not
1: see that. Being them being demoed together, and um, no, because the new controllers, the Vive Pro's controllers, are just um, you know very similar to the existing controllers.
0: It, was there any different noticeable differences? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know what's happening with the knuckles controllers. Yeah. Yeah, are because they they should be a real are, are they a real product or are they are are they an experimental thing?
1: Yeah, I think I'm starting to think it's more of the latter. Yeah. Ah,
0: uh, well, I would love to get smaller Vive controllers. Honestly, it seems like um, you know, for the time when it was good and it was new and novel, it was it was great. But you now we have the Rift, the touch controllers to compare them to, or you know, and it just, you know, it just feels like they could go smaller. You know, it's not. Yeah,
1: they could definitely do more. Yeah, I actually don't remember the, the, the controllers that I tried. I, I feel like they might have just been the same controllers. Really? When, when I tried the Vive Pro.
0: Oh.
1: I don't know. It was CES. CES is crazy. Everything's just kind of a, you know, a blur.
0: <laughs> did you get to try the Lenovo Mirage by any chance?
1: Oh, no, I did not, No. <laughs> Uh, we had we had Ben Lang on uh, at the last meetup. He came in virtually, and uh, he gave us all like a review of uh, yeah the Lenovo and a couple other things that he had tried. What
0: were the things that stood out for you from the Lenovo one?
1: Yeah, I didn't try it, so I'm um, not sure. But uh, oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, about what he <laughs> yeah. said about, about what, what he said. said, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah um, There, I believe there's video of that because uh, um, he goes into some depth about it. Um, but I think overall he enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll find that video and I'll link it in the show notes because I'm definitely interested. Because I one thing that I'm paying attention to now is the race between the standalone headsets at this point, the Vive Focus, the Oculus Go, and the Lenovo Google Mirage. Um, those three are basically... It, it, and it's really peculiar the way they've positioned themselves, these companies. You know, you go, you got Oculus going in there for $200, the Mirage going in for 400 and then you got VIVE Focus for 600 and it almost feels like they are, I don't know, are they testing out the waters? Is it a coincidence that they're like pricing themselves away from each other, like, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's hard to tell,
1: like, you know, VIVE Focus is not for sale in the U.S., so it's hard to tell, you know, it's hard to position that with the others. Mm. Um, it's really for the Chinese market. Um, specifically, and um, I actually believe the reason they're doing that, because I think that the tracking is, um, you know, the tracking technologies are quite different, how they how they uh, achieve inside-out tracking, if they achieve it. You know, Oculus Go is is supposedly shipping soon as well, and that has no inside-out tracking at all, which, you know, it's, it's kind of sad that there, we're still releasing headsets that don't have tracking at this point. Um, But I think the tracking quality is, you know, responsible more than anything else for the price differences. Um, And uh, I'm pretty, you know, I haven't tried, I haven't tried these myself. Um, I haven't tried anything with inside out tracking that actually works good enough, you know, in my opinion, to consider this like something that we should be pushing on consumers, Um, except for, you know, the HoloLens tracking, which is just totally rock solid, um, but on mobile you know on, you know the Windows headsets their tracking is, is great but on mobile it's uh, really hard to do apparently <laughs> because I've tried a lot of things where they're just not it's you know it's just not accurate enough and I you know I we've talked about this before I really worry about pushing VR on people when it's not good enough yet and I don't think most VR is good enough yet I think we need to get a lot better before we really go uh, you know full on consumer market you know the 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 early adopter market is very big actually in, in technology. It's like 30% of the market is early adopter and I, I don't think there's any anything wrong with just focusing on that, making it a little more expensive and getting it right first so that we don't give people a really bad impression of VR that's hard to undo. I mean this has been a concern right from the beginning, but it's you know it's even more than ever a concern of mine.
0: Are you are you concerned, or are are you seeing patterns where developers are now having to uh, divert resources, um, whereas they sh- you know whereas before they, they didn't have to like now they have to like um, you know uh, create develop games and experiences that work for something like the Vive and the Rift. But also, they have to make a separate thing that'll work for the Oculus Go and the uh, Mirage, for example. Like- oh yeah, it's
1: a it's it's a, it's a huge problem for developers. I mean, I think it's healthy that we have all these different approaches, but none of them have a big enough market to support developers. So they have to be on all of them. They can't be. They can't just pick one, and because uh, you know the market's just not big enough as a whole. Um, so so it's yeah it's a real challenge right now for developers. I mean, you know, it's got to be a, a passion project I think for most people still, which is, you know, years into this.
0: Seriously, and it seems like and it seems like um the the bigger uh studios and and the triple A experiences are, are are far in between like you know, like the um, this month, for example, you know we've gotten a few pretty pretty good indie experiences. We got Sprint Vector, but last month we got Sky, or in December we got Skyrim VR, and before that and then after that we had Fallout 4 VR, and those were like pretty big titled games um, that sort of move players and and, and people in, in in a particular direction. I don't see that this year coming up. Like 2018 doesn't have. You know, a big, big publisher coming coming out with uh, a, a VR experience. Uh, or, or am I missing something? I haven't... Yeah, no,
1: I think, you know, they just kind of like to get all these things out in time for the holidays. So you see, like, kind of, you know, the year's work all comes out at once. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's kind of a cycle that we'll see every year.
0: It, yeah, you're probably right, and it seems like GDC would be a good thing to watch, just to see what Sony says about VR, um, what Oculus might show up with in terms of publishing new content. Yeah. Uh, so. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm still. I
1: think we're still kind of figuring out what worked because a lot of a lot of content came out, um, particularly around the holidays and. You know, it, it, I think people are still kind of catching up with it all because there's really a lot. You know, VR games, um, they're more immersive and they require more of, I think, more of a time commitment because, you know, you're not multitasking when you're doing VR. You're you're all in. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of a deeper level of commitment to, you know, evaluate a game, play a game, decide if you like it, you know, decide how much time you're going to spend in it. So I think it's going to take us a little longer to figure out, you know, even what was the best stuff that came out recently.
0: That's actually a really interesting point you bring up because I was reading an article about um, it was a Wired article where they were sort of critical of VR place in your time space um, throughout the day, yeah. like like when when is VR appropriate for you and and when when it is appropriate for you what is it cannibalizing time from so tv is one of them people are are people who do vr are watching less tv uh for sure and and so i uh, and so it seems like you know that that hasn't been figured out quite yet either you know when 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 do i want to be in vr and when when do i want to watch tv and when do i want to like listen to music like all these different you know things have haven't been figured out because the technology i guess is so new still
1: yeah and it it really requires you know yeah designing your life around it (laughs) you know designing your your spaces around it your office your home you know and and your schedule and you know a lot of people i know that have kids i don't have kids but a lot of people i know that have kids um they don't want to do vr when their kids are home you know they they just feel like something is kind of off about being you know, off in another world when your kid's in the room with you.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, unless your kid is in that world with you. Yeah. VR. So
1: yeah, there's uh, certainly opportunities there. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's a, it's a it's a really interesting point. Yeah, we we haven't really figured out where the stuff fits in our lives, and you know we're you know a lot of people are working on experiences and tools utilities that will help them during the work day, and you know. That's a very different use case than you know something that you would have for relaxing at nighttime or something that you would use for something more productive, workout time, or all of these are very different. Yeah.
0: So, so coming from someone who's 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 an expert in VR, what do you what sort of tips or advice would you give to people um, to make their lives easier, to make their VR lives easier? Uh, you know, what have what have you discovered that makes things easier for you? Um, you know, one thing is like
1: uh, I'm always moving equipment around. You know, we're we're constantly setting up for events and tearing down events and just changing setups and trying new things. Um, and you know, I I have a I have a tendency to just try to get it up and running as quick as possible. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I get some new toy and I want to try that thing out. Um, and you know, maybe spend a little less time in the setup portion. You know, making sure you get that that stuff all right. And actually having like a you know an appropriate size clear space to play in, but um, you know it really does make a difference. And you know in in the level of immersion when you just don't have to worry about like things the tracking not working right or like bumping into something because there's a chair in the way. You know it's it being able to forget about all of that just really takes you so much deeper into the experiences. Um, I, I find that really useful. You know, I I probably don't use VR in the same way a lot of people do, though. Um, I use it, you know, I I use it on specific machines that are VR demo machines because of what we do here at SPVR. So I don't actually have a VR headset on my desktop machine. My desktop machine can't even, uh, you know, run VR. (laughs) It's not fast enough because every PC we have that can be a demo machine, we devote to that. (laughs) Um, so I don't actually get to, uh, unfortunately, you know, right now I'd like to change that, but I don't actually get to try things that would uh, improve my productivity during the workday. Mm. Um, and I, I believe you probably have more experience with that than I do. I I'm curious been, to hear your thoughts.
0: I've been having a lot of experience with uh, with applications <laughs> and VR experiences that do the, act, the exact opposite of improving my productivity. Okay. I've been playing so much Spark and VR chat lately, it's kind of... It's kind of unhealthy. <laughs> but it's yeah. great. Oh my god. You 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 know Spark is one of those games where it's all in. You put your you like your whole body is in the game and every win is so exciting because it's not your it's not your it's just your thumbs that got you that win. It's your whole body and and I so Spark is really addicting. I've been playing. Yeah, too much Spark of
1: that. is Spark is so good. Yeah, that's that's really uh, that's like a I think right now the in my mind kind of that most successful type of experience where it's very exhilarating, kind of short spurts of really exhilarating play. Yes. And yeah, and and as you said, it's like yeah, it feels like it's you. You know, you're you're actually doing that with your body. It's not just like twitching your thumb, but you're you're actually um, you know. Exerting yourself and it's your coordination. And I, I think it's a very healthy game, probably.
0: <laughs> what sort? Of, what sorts of interesting or funny or uh, not comf- or uncomfortable social experiences have you had inside of Spark? I've witnessed some really beautiful moments in there. Like the, uh, there's a guy. There was a guy who was uh, starting his own um, Spark League team, and there was and he was teaching him. He, he was teaching his opponent how to shoot how to throw the ball properly and it was just like a so and these were complete strangers and they were just there you know learning and 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 and, and having fun and you know building a community together and that was that was really good really cool to see um, on the flip side, I've I've been I've been harassed by other players who are like playing and they get really into it and they start like cussing at you and you're like, what are you? What are you calm down, man! It's just the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I've had more of the latter myself.
0: Really? Oh man! People are
1: either just being kind of weird and making noises, or oh. or uh, you know, just like getting really angry, like unnecessarily.
0: Oh, that was oh I had I had a, that was my favorite experience actually. There was this one dude who was like. Talking so much trash, so much trash to this other player, and 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 and, the, and he beat the other player. But then it came my turn against him, and I just completely took his soul. And it felt so good because <laughs> he was talking so much shit. And finally, he was just like, you know, he rage quit. He and it was and it felt so good. It felt so good to like destroy someone who was so cocky and like just being mean to the other person. And I and I did it without saying a single word. Like it was it was magical. It was great. Um, well, it's all. Awesome. It's
1: interesting that in you know in in a, an experience like that, the the kind of social experience and like even like trolling and and things that can be unhealthy there are actually just kind of fit right into the game there, and they just kind of make the game a little more exciting.
0: Yeah, it me I mean, I was pumped, hyped, ready to take yeah. on this dude because he was talking so much trash. Um, and yeah, it was, and so Spark is really great. I've also been spending uh, a lot of time clubbing in VR chat. Um,
1: yeah, I, uh, I go
0: dancing yeah. in there and if you, agree-
1: VR dancing is a thing we've talked about this years ago. It yeah. Is. I mean,
0: it's, it's going
1: to be a huge
0: thing. <laughs> I agree a hundred percent. I, I, and I think, uh, you know, it just, you get the right levels of the dopamine. You're in an environment where you're not feeling the pressure of being competitive, um, and it's all just about having fun and, you know, like if you ever go to the Club Void in VR chat, look for a Donkey Kong behind the DJ booth. That's always going to be me. I'm going to be as Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong. <laughs> behind right. the DJ booth waving my arms around like I just don't care. That's that's going to be me. And that's basically me, you know, a couple times a week. Um, it's Yeah, it's so much fun. And, and, I, and I'm making so many friends just like waving my arms around and flailing around. It's great. Um, yeah not to say yeah, that on the there's something side. beautiful about that <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 exactly have you had any uh, clubbing dancing experiences in VR by yourself uh, I' you know I've been actually kind of
1: really interested in that whole idea um, going back to the second life days um, you know and I'm also so you know I'm a, a former DJ so I've spent a lot of time uh, you know Thinking about um, how to make people dance, and then actually acting on that and throwing events and, and throwing events in VR and in Second Life, and uh, I, you know, seeing how that works in all the different ways. Um, I haven't done that much in VR chat specifically, but um, I uh, really. Uh, <sighs> I really believe that there's something to it, and I certainly spent a lot of time doing that with the Echo Space guys from Altspace when they were hosting that event weekly out of our uh, space, and and, uh, also really interested in the ideas of taking real-world side of an event and tying it to the virtual side and having that kind of mixed experience, because I think there's a little bit of magic in both, and uh, to bring them together is is, uh, really interesting to me.
0: Yeah, I think we're seeing the inception of something that's going to get really big. You know, like because things like uh, you know music festivals like Coachella and you know there uh, uh, I say Burning Man or other other music festivals like that, like they you know these things evolve and and, and they adopt and they're good at adopting technology. You know, I've seen so many three hundred and sixty videos, three hundred and sixty uh, media coming out of like these music festivals. It's great, but. I would imagine that at some point they're going to think about, like, okay, so how can we improve the music listening experience? Because, by the way, you know, the music industry isn't making money on music, <laughs> so we got to make money on the events somehow. So I would imagine that at some point there's going to be some sort of merging or some uh, a deeper collaboration where people will go to... An augmented reality fest- music festival and it's tied to virtual reality people that are somewhere else around the world and they're all there I mean it's 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 really the possibilities are kind of endless and I'm excited for it because it really is a medium to um, where people can really just let loose I, I, yeah man anybody can yeah. be a dancer in VR and, and, and no one can judge you and it's so it feels so good
1: yeah, I think uh, you know it really helps a lot of people with social anxiety, particular around dancing, and um, you know, in, in VR, you're you're kind of safe and you can represent yourself as much as you want to, or not, or you know, go in some other direction, or just be totally anonymous. And and um, yeah, there's something there's something really nice about that. I think it helps people come out of their shells and become more comfortable, and that's certainly healthy. And uh, yeah, just thinking about the the music industry, you know. The music sales is is you know, dismal, but the event side is how they make their money. Pretty much, it's the only side of the music industry that still works. And being able to actually grow that, uh, who knows? Maybe uh, technology will make the music industry bigger in the long mm-hmm. run because of you know virtual reality technology.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they'll go hand in hand. It just it's just a matter of time. I mean, you're seeing it with the way VR. Um, you're seeing aspects of that with microdose. That, that combination of combining music and visuals—I mean, that's—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's there. It's just a matter of time, I think, before it becomes something huge. Um, and so, and so, yeah. I, uh, I, I oh, I wanted to tell you a quick story actually uh, about the um, the flip side of of of, of going dancing in social VR. I was telling Gunter S. Thompson a story about how a girl. Um, was dancing and she had this provocative avatar, and um, th- th- but that's not the point. The point was this other kid came by and he started yelling out boobs, boobs. But the thing about VR chat was that there was someone else in the room who was listening to this dumbass, and he started like you know telling him, dude, get out of here with your garbage ass Walmart mic, and he shut him down. And what I had <laughs> realized was that this kid, this this little kid, because he had a little kid voice, had learned a life lesson in real time in VR chat. Um without having to go out there and hurt someone or harass someone in the real world or you know, these it it's sort of like the like like, like um like VR chat was a simulation of a life lesson. Um and and so it's interesting that I'm seeing these things happen. Um, you know, the, the, what is the evolution?
1: Yeah, VR chats are a really interesting place right now because they're going from you know this kind of cult following, you know, a very tight knit community, and and suddenly their you know user numbers have more than doubled in a very short time period. And you're getting a lot of, you know, a lot of these kind of trolley kids that, yeah, they haven't learned those life lessons yet, but you have like a really strong community there and, and they seem to be, uh, holding their ground, um, at least in, in, you know, I've heard a, a number of stories like what you mentioned or stories about, you know, people harassing people and then getting shut down or harassing women and then having like everyone else just like stop and, and, and shut the person down. Um, you know, I'm sure that's not happening across the board in there and I'm sure there's plenty of trolls, but, uh, but it's pretty interesting that this community is really, you know, fighting to maintain its, uh, its culture. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I, I've actually been tempted to sort of do it as a social experiment to just like go out and just experiment and experience what that's like to be in a you know really really you know provocative avatar and being harassed. I mean, I it, it, to me it's I think it would just be a, something to remind me of how I don't have to deal with that as a guy mo- most of the time. Like yeah, it's interesting. I uh, VR Chat is uh, an interesting place, but I want to wonder I wonder what your thoughts are in terms of like out of all the social VR spaces that exist today, Altspace, VRChat, High Fidelity, Sansar, um, which one do you think has the biggest potential to become the next second life?
1: Uh well, when you say the next second life, like what do you what about second life do you mean?
0: <laughs> mm, I mean I, that's
1: kind of I mean second life has you know a the next second life since our <laughs> right? Yeah um, Second Life was like almost this open virtual world but not quite fully open. They're kind of in the middle um, although they really I think pushed the boundaries of you know user generated content and not really showed that that you know is is really powerful and for building communities um yeah it's it's interesting you know VR chat definitely has the momentum and the energy and they've had a really strong community from the beginning um and the user experience is probably a little slicker than the other uh, than some of the others. Um, I think actually Altspace I think had probably had has the slickest user interface, but the community in Altspace is a little bit different, um, and I think not as strong and not as um, tech oriented. Maybe more more just like regular people, which is you know what they're going for. But uh, Alt alt space um, but you know high fidelity you know we've talked about this before I think the architecture of high fidelity is just beautiful and you know it's infinitely scalable I think that you know uh, Philip Rosedale has been able to take all the lessons from Second Life and, and you know codify them basically with the high fidelity source code and you know this is a true open infinitely scalable virtual world that that really thinks of everything and really takes um privacy into consideration from the start and security and a lot of things like that. Um, It's also, I think more scalable because, um, you know, one of the things with VR chat, they've had so much success lately. um, I wonder, I wonder how much their server costs are, you know, all that traffic they're getting, the more users they get, the more it costs them. Mm. Uh, where, you know, something like uh, Second Life had this, you know, concept of landowners and people would own the land where, wherever you were. Somebody owned that land. Somebody was paying, you know, rent tier on that land, which was essentially to cover the server costs of, you know, simulating that environment. And something like High Fidelity, all of the land is, you know, owned by various people, various users in, in a similar way. Um where it takes it even further, where it can be uh, hosted somewhere else and it doesn't actually matter where it's hosted. You can host it on your own machine if you don't want to pay the server costs or you could rent a server, or put it on Amazon or DigitalOcean or some other server. Um, that's really scalable and it's, you know, the more successful it gets, it's not going to cost high fidelity significantly more money. Whereas the more successful VRChat gets right now with the way it's designed, the more it costs. VR chat <laughs> and you know so until they can actually monetize those users, you know too much success too fast is gonna you know force them to either you know have to raise more money sooner or or something else.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, you know, I haven't even thought about that, but that you're you are right on that front, you know because um, what is it that so high fidelity is using distributed computing the to host the meta world that they're putting together? Yeah, so, like, we, we have
1: a space in high-fidelity, um, and it's, you know, and, and we, we pay for, uh, we have a virtual server with uh, DigitalOcean, and we pay for that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a monthly cost on it. It's not a lot, um, but, um, you know, I think it can add up when you start getting into millions of users, and that's where, you know, chat is right now.
0: Yeah, for me, at the end of the day, the one that will win my my heart and mind would be the one that allows a uh, seamless uh, ability to integrate avatars. Because as we stand, you can do that in VR chat, but it takes a little bit of Google yeah, it takes some work. Yeah, yeah, to like <laughs> yeah. you know put bring in a a VR chat model. Um, I wanna I want to do it seamlessly. I don't wanna I don't want to think about it, and 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 I wanna. Also, be able to create and host my own club where I can host people and dance with them, and you know, and and that's still a bit of bits away before it's uh, good. Before there's something like that for you know, with any of the social vr spaces at this point um
1: yeah yeah it takes some work uh we've done some events and some music events in uh, you know both in alt space and in uh high fidelity and yeah it takes some work <laughs> it's not a you know it's not just like one click thing and you know we're still even our last event we were struggling with uh, audio issues and weird chop outs and things you know that we eventually traced down to network issues and other things but uh it's not uh, it's not just yeah click the button and go but that's that's always the trade-off right The more open something is, the more um, difficult it is to just you know get into without really diving in
0: mm-hmm. I agree. So speaking of events, I, I want to talk about uh, this year's SVVR upcoming events. Um, I know one that's around the corner is the GDC VR mixer it's
1: Yes the- VR mixer yep
0: um, Tell me more about it what's going down this year?
1: Uh, yeah, GDC is coming up. So we are doing our annual um, SPVR VR mixer. Uh, we are going to be on, I believe it is Wednesday, the 21st. I'll just uh, d- double check that so that we get the right information here. Wednesday the 21st, yep. Awesome. So, Wednesday the 21st, which, um, yeah, GDC, you know, it's a week-long event in San Francisco, and um, a lot of VR at GDC, and every year, this will be our fifth year doing the VR Mixer. Uh, So, that's really exciting. Um, We are back at Temple, and we are going to do what we always do, which is just take this beautiful, super futuristic Tron cyberpunk kind of nightclub and, uh, Jam packet full of awesome technology and VR from around the world. So we have our demo dungeon in the basement and we'll be showcasing all sorts of experiences that we find throughout the year from you know, various places in our travels and through our partners and SVVR Japan and SVVR Korea and our partners VR Core in China. And um, uh, from Europe and just all sorts of great experiences that people that ne- can't necessarily afford to exhibit uh, on the floor of GDC. So uh, we'll give them a place to showcase their stuff to the uh, VR community. Man, I'm I think excited. Last, yeah, yeah, last year I think we had 1,200 people. I don't know, whatever the place is. How, as many people as they let us in, That's we max it out every year. So it's uh, I think it's uh, 1,200 or somewhere around that.
0: Yeah, tickets sell out fast, so you, um, if you're listening to this show, you should check out what website, Carl?
1: Uh, it will be uh, vrmixer.com, and um, we'll also be uh, sending out on our various mailing lists, so you can sign up at svvr.com or follow our Twitter or anything like that. Uh, yeah, we will sell tickets. Uh, this year, we're going to sell them one, uh, approximately one month from the event, so... Um, that is next week, maybe the end of next week, something like that.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Make sure that you'll go to the VR mixer if you're listening to the show. Um, it is by far the best GDC after party you could go to. Uh, that's awesome yeah we do a lot of events
1: all year round we do at least one event per month but the vr mixer is like my favorite event every year it's always so much fun it's just yeah it's a little less serious and a little more fun than than everything else we do and
0: and and i say that knowing that there are you guys are competing against other the after parties with with companies that have a lot more money and you guys do it better so, awesome. It's, so
1: seriously, yeah, guys, it's yeah. We used to uh, fret about that, but we don't even worry about that anymore. You know, I don't know if you know these little companies like you know Oculus and HTC and these guys. You know, maybe they'll have events, maybe they won't. But the VR community will be a, a VR mixer. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: That's that's awesome. That's what counts. Yeah. Um, so this. So that's not the only event that you guys have upcoming this year. Uh, I know that you have the big one, and that's the SVBR Expo. Uh, yes, up. that's right. So we, um, so we're not coming up as soon as you might think. You know, we've always
1: been in the uh, spring, you know, March, April, May, something like that. Uh, for 2018, we have moved it to the autumn uh, because there's just in our opinion, just too many VR events too close together. Too many, you know, we were always very close to GDC and and um, and VRLA is in the spring now, and and there's a number of other events, um, and we just want to give some space to the exhibitors. Um, the autumn is a little bit less crowded um, you know there there are a few things in the autumn but it's not as crazy as the springtime and uh, I think that's that, that'll be good for the community to kind of spread these things out a little bit so um, yeah autumn so watch for that um, September October time frame probably uh, we're still finalizing the exact date but uh, we'll announce that within you know six months of the event or so
0: very cool. I'm super excited about this one as well. I, uh, yeah, every every event that you guys put together, you know, I'm always gonna be there and check it out and and, and support. This is, you know, because the community that uh, that you guys attract is seriously <laughs> the best VR community I've ever seen. Um, and, and that's I think, that's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I have to, I
1: have to say, like, I, I'm getting just ridiculous amounts of um, inquiries about exhibiting at S V V R this year. You know, and, and just seeing all that is really encouraging, but there's just so much interest in it. I think our event last year, um, although not our biggest, was uh, the best as far as like, just getting the vibe right and having the energy there and, and just providing value for everyone, valuable networking opportunities and connections, and, and exposing people to things they just normally wouldn't have seen. Um, I think everyone just came out of last year with a, a really positive experience, and uh, we're just going to build on that, yeah.
0: Very cool. And you guys, I mean, there's so much going on with SVVR these days. Because not only do you have these upcoming events and you know the meetups, but you you also have a new space that I hear is freaking awesome. Tell me yes, about this space. Yes, yes,
1: uh, yeah, we're super excited. Um, so you know, for the past year, uh, we've. We've had a a headquarters in um, San Carlos where we've been able to host events in-house, and um, we've experimented with co-working, and we had, you know, gave our museum a home, and, and, you know, we had some really, really fantastic events there. It was a really... A really kind of the perfect space for us at the time, um, although it was a little bit limited. We had one bathroom, so kind of can't really do an event of more than 70, 80 people with one bathroom. Uh, <clears throat> um, and, you know, we learned a lot from uh, our experiments with co-working mm-hmm. there as well. So uh, what we, we decided what we wanted to do was, you know, focus on the things where people got the most value, and that was really... Having a place in Silicon Valley where they can go as a startup or as a company for meetings where VR setups are, you know, they're already there in-house where, you know, lighthouses are built into the walls where they don't have to lug a ton of equipment around and they can just come and do a demo in an environment that's appropriate. You know, if you want to have a meeting for VR, um, you know, demo your VR-related product, you know, that... Traditionally, you'd be put in a conference room, which has a big conference table in the middle. It's not great for doing room scale, et cetera. It's, it's always been a challenge for all the VR startups. And we found that was one of the ways where we provided uh, the most value with our space, even though it was not really the best space for it. So, um, so basically, we found ourselves a new home, and we launched that simultaneously with a new program. So we now have a membership program which we call SPBR Passport. And this this is for individuals or companies. It allows people to become members and then have twenty four seven access to this, you know, wonderful resource that we call SPBR Studio. Um, and it's a you know it's a it's a large space, 6,000-plus square feet, um, with tons of co-working areas, desks, tables everywhere, VR equipment everywhere. Uh, we have dedicated VR demo rooms and conference rooms for meetings. We have a PSVR room and an Oculus room-scale room and a giant Vive setup that's expandable for when their when lighthouse is uh get expanded in the next version, the volume gets expanded, we can expand with it, and still plenty of room for all sorts of other things. So um, this program, you know, SVBR Passport is individuals or companies become members, and then they have a home base in Silicon Valley where they can go and do their VR meetings or, or just hang out, do their developing and the other aspect of the space is it's our headquarters and home base for events. So we can now do in-house events of 100 plus. Um, we could probably even crank that up much higher. We have six bathrooms which is amazing nice <laughs> uh, there will never be a bathroom line <laughs> um but yeah we have this you know just beautiful auditorium style seating that we just leave up for 100 people and that's just there all the time okay. so uh we've, we've done a couple events here already of 100 plus people um and it's been uh yeah really well received and you know we're still we're still tweaking and tuning and getting everything set up here but um It's yeah, we have a a ton of interest in the space already, and uh, in the new program. So yeah, we're really excited about this. Um, You know, we we hope this really becomes a a hub of the VR community here in uh, and we're in Mountain View, which is also exciting because we started in Mountain View way back in 2013.
0: (laughs) Yeah, at the Computer Science History Museum.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which is right down the road. So uh, (laughs) yeah, so we're we're right back to our roots here, and. I think uh you know because we started here we did so many events down here uh, a large chunk of our community is here so it already looks like you know we have a lot more people at our events um, and just uh, it's a lot more convenient for the, our audience
0: yeah it's it's a shame that bay area traffic um is as bad as it is these days but uh definitely if you're in san francisco it's Worth checking out as VVR. The commute is not that bad because basically Carl and Nana have built out VR Heaven, um, and and it's like what you're saying is you got all these setups and you got all this room to pull put together events and. Yeah, that's super exciting. Do you have any yep. mixed reality setups, by the way? Any any green green green? Uh, yeah, so we do. A, we have a green screen room. Uh, yeah.
1: that's up, that's up and running. I've been playing around in that, uh, <laughs> which is always just a lot of fun. Yeah, just throwing yourself in crazy environments. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the um, you know reservable rooms on our uh, on our system here. You know, we have multiple VR demo rooms, the green screen room, meeting rooms, etc.
0: Carl, yeah. what a journey man. It's been it's been. So- Wow, since the 2013 Computer Science History Museum meetup to to today, like, it's, it's just watching you guys grow has been insane and I'm like so excited for you for your future but I, I yeah wanna... we're excited
1: about we think this is a really uh, this is a fun and interesting direction and you know is this space we would like to replicate these in you know other areas as well um, starting with where we already have communities so you know we have SVBR Japan and SVBR Korea community so we're looking to uh, figure out how we can replicate this in in those countries first.
0: Tell me about the Korean and Japanese communities. How are they how do they differ in their approaches to VR compared to like out here in the in the Bay in the Silicon Valley? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's actually really interesting.
1: You know, VR <laughs> the VR communities are so different all over the world. I mean, they they share a lot, but they are really different. I think Korea is very um, it is um, you know they have a strong tradition a very strong game industry um there and they also have a you know huge it's a huge uh, shipping country a lot of industrial applications there as well a lot of the hardware is made in korea um and i would say there's there's a lot of government support in korea for br startups uh so you get you get a lot of people experimenting with more serious applications as well as games because of their strong uh you know tradition in gaming and i have to say when uh korean game companies tackle vr um it's beautiful (laughs) i've seen my last trip to korea i saw some of the most beautiful uh, vr experiences you know things things i can't talk about but hopefully we'll see at gdc maybe the vr mixer who knows (laughs) Um, just, yeah, just so much talent, uh, yeah, and, and to have them working on things that you can experience in VR is just, yeah, really magical. Um, and the um, Japanese VR community, I'd say, is a really unique in the world (laughs) there's really nothing like it Uh, you know the the, the Japanese love to experiment with things and there's a a lot less of a focus on um, like you know first person shooters and a lot more focus on characters or kind of the more abstract side of experiences so um, yeah just things can get really experimental (laughs) and uh, it's a lot of fun I love trying the Japanese experiences. You know, one of the things about one of the differences is that we see in these communities is in Japan, most of the developers and people that go out to like the the VR meetups uh, they actually have day jobs and they're not necessarily looking to build a business out of whatever they're building they just want to build something cool they just have a dream right and vr is like the way to the real to realize that dream like something that they want to see or experience themselves so they create it and you know you don't always see that in a lot of uh you know a, a lot of startups so it's really great when you see things that are just more passion driven
0: yeah it's it's almost like um it's almost well no it's it's not almost it's definitely art it's a it's an artistic approach to creation because it's come it's 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 coming from within right they they don't have that motivation to monetize i guess yeah yeah yeah.
1: and then and just also the differences on you know things are just much more character focused there which just makes experiences that are much more human (laughs) Yeah, less about, you know, killing and more about just uh, experiencing and feeling and
0: relating. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, until Japan ships out um, Sword Art Online VR uh, where, yeah, because that, that's definitely going to be somewhere some a game that's going to come out of Japan, the first MMO in VR. <laughs> I hope. Um, yeah, but, I worry about that because you know, the,
1: this, the series is, is so great and then I don't know. It's a lot to live up to, right? It is. It's more like it's more about the story
0: maybe. I worry about sure. Ready Player 1 actually cuz it is a, a, a lot a lot to live up to that book. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that too. And that's that's happening soon. That'll be the week after GDC, I think.
0: Are you excited about that movie? What do you what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a little nervous,
1: but I'm excited about
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> are are you nervous that it might paint VR in a bad light and in the mainstream might get put off by it or something?
1: Yeah, no, I'm just more on a personal level. Like, it was just such a, a fun, you know, I listened to it as an audiobook, and it was just such a fun uh, listen. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a child of the 80s, so a lot of that was really, you know, touched home for me. And, you know, I grew up with the with the Joust machine, and, you know, these, these things were all near and dear to my heart, so um, they were really well done. And, yeah, I'm just... Uh, I, I I'm sure it'll be fun. It'll be a fun movie, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, but yeah, it's a lot to live up to because the book was really good. Yeah. Although I have to say, it's kind of a dark portrayal of VR. You know, it's it's really uh, not a VR future that you know. I don't know. I hope that you know is realized.
0: Yeah. Is it? A lot of the times I, I, I read these books I read these I read stories or I watch a movie about you know an, an apocalyptic or a less than ideal scenario and I always think to myself okay well that's the author telling us that this is the direction we don't want to go in you know so so by, by putting us in there and showing us how shitty it could be um, it sort of preps us to not want to be in that direction hopefully I mean that's what I tell myself to feel better um, Yeah, no,
1: I think that's definitely true.
0: Yeah, there's a question I ask you every year or every time we, you come on the podcast, Kara, and, and it's gonna—I'm gonna have to ask you again. Um, what is the state of virtual reality as we stand today? Ah, uh, yeah, I think you always stump
1: me on this one. It's a—it's a, <laughs> such a big question, but uh, yeah, no. What's the state of it today? Where um, we finally have a market. It's small, but it's real. <laughs> And uh, you know that's that's good, and we have a lot to learn from it, and we still have a lot to learn about what's going to work in VR. Um, yeah, I think it's not as far along as some would say, and not quite as ready for you know broad mainstream adoption. Um, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. I think that's great. Not everything has to be like honestly. I think I've, I think I've answered this before when we've talked about this as well. Is, you know, we're not ready for VR to go mainstream as a as a Society. I mean, you know, we're we're still trying to pick up the pieces from like just regular social media on flat screens. Like it's, you know, it's it's may or may not be tearing our entire society apart right now. And <laughs> you <are> VR, right? <laughs> like I, you know, I have to say, more than ever, <laughs> more than ever, I'm scared for the future of VR. To be honest, uh, more than ever, I'm I'm pulled to the questions around the you know the social impact. The you know what are what are we doing? What are the consequences of of each step here and the decisions we make? And I think that that makes things like open platforms and you know freedom of expression and freedom of speech in these in these environments and in these platforms. And that makes that uh, even more important than ever and. You know, I think that one thing that we're learning from the kind of the all the bad, the bad dark side of social media is that, you know, where the incentives are and the financial incentives that actually matters a lot. And, you know, it seems like maybe advertising based, you know, digital economies are not really good for humans at the end of the day. (laughs) They're incentivizing the wrong things. Um, there are other ways that we can do things, you know. There's there's, you know, when it comes to, you know, paying people for what they do, you know, micropayments, there's all sorts of other approaches. So maybe it's good that that's happening now so that we can figure out some other approaches that may end to a uh, lead to a healthier balance later on with when virtual reality becomes a little more mainstream.
0: Yeah, the, you bring up a really good point, and, you know, it, it's it's true. Social media is hurting, um, I feel like, more than it helps. I, I feel like it's, it, it's also made me less social. Um, yeah, it's just it, overall it's made me a less social person because of just how, I don't know, it became... Mm, yeah, <laughs> intimidating to intimidating to talk to people on a on a on a regular basis because the ease of it's almost like um, it's almost like I I compare it to the maybe maybe this is a bad analogy but maybe it's almost like a like a calculator where there were there used to be a time where I was really good at you know fractions and divisions inside my head um, and there used to be a time when I was really good at being social and just, you know, off the cuff improv- impro- improvised conversations with people. But then came technology and the calculator made it so that I never had to use that part of my brain muscle anymore. Um, and social media made it so that, you know, made it so that it's it, just the same. I didn't have to interact with people as much or gave me the illusion like I didn't have to interact with people that much. Because at the end of the day, human beings need connection, you know, at yep. some level, um, and I don't think social media is the best place to get that connection. Actually, it's not. Yeah, it's not a good place at all. <laughs> it's it's abstracting it,
1: and it, um, yeah, and that can have some unhealthy co- consequences.
0: Yeah, but do you think VR is um, prone to fall <laughs> into the same mistakes or? Do, do you think vr is disconnecting us more from each other or connecting us more i, I, I mean i guess i guess
1: i'd say you know in its current iteration i, w- I don't think it's disconnecting people more i mean i've seen you know uh, so much community built around vr and people excited around vr and of course that could be just the community of people that you know care about vr <laughs> um but um it definitely has the potential. Like, yeah, I, I mean, what is the, the VR equivalent of fake news is fake reality. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just like I, so many things about it could go so wrong that it's, yeah, I, I just think now it's just becoming increasingly important to think about, you know, the consequences of technologies and, and to look at that because it it seemed like there was a general consensus in the tech industry and in the tech world and among engineers, and I've shared this myself where you know technology was just good and by default and we should just do it (laughs) and it's all good and we should just do it and throw it out there and disrupt everything and you know like the whole facebook like you know move fast and break things and and now i think like yeah move fast and break democracy (laughs) like yeah maybe not (laughs) maybe we need to like okay not just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks because you know a lot of a lot of people don't get hurt it turns out it's not necessarily a good thing and it doesn't lead to the best outcome and i think so much of it is around the incentives uh, the financial incentives so i think experimenting with other models could can help other business models uh, you know you can't stop technology it's too late <laughs> you know it's like the so we have to we have to learn how to live with it, and and there's so much good that can come from it. That of course, why not learn learn how to live with it and, and learn how to harness it and embrace it, but and not let it you know just steamroll
0: us. Yeah, I I, I also maybe um yeah, learn how to live with it, but also demand or or seek out the alternatives that are doing the best work that they can to live up to those expectations or that reality you know like um yeah yeah like like uh don't use chrome use duck duck go uh don't use your know, facebook use you know talking on the phone or <laughs> real real life communication um yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And it, it's like, don't, don't be afraid to step away. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an extreme example of this, but I, I pretty much had to step away from a lot of social media because it was it just was bad for me. It was bad. It's just, yeah, it just made me unhappy, made me angry. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, it, it, I wasn't getting value from it. I was getting stress from it and just like endless stress. And it's like, you know, it's like a fire hose. It never stops. So it's like, if you, if you feel like but you can, you can step away from it and, you know, okay, like some people will get angry and like, why aren't you becoming my Facebook friend? But like, you know, that people have to accept that it's okay. And we have to like, we have to stand up for the right to say, you know, it's okay to step away from this stuff. It's not a requirement that we all do things that, you know, make us feel unhealthy.
0: Yeah. I've been struggling for the longest time to delete my Facebook. Um, and I just, God, I yeah. don't know what to do. I really, I, well, really I want to get tell rid you, of it. Deleting it
1: is hard because you're, there's always like th- there's always things for me that require it as a sign in for something, or like you can't do this, you can't do Facebook Spaces without a Facebook account. Um, I, you know, I, I, I take the philosophy of you know keep it around, but just. Don't check it and just, you know, whatever, post that on there somewhere that, hey, I don't check this. So, you know, don't take it personally if uh, I'm not responding to your request. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so tricky to navigate the, these new ways to hand you know, like these new things that are now sort of throwing monkey wrenches into our relationships, whereas before they didn't. You know, you yeah. don't have to worry about, you know, someone friending you or not. Like, yeah. like the other one that's weird is LinkedIn. Like, how. It's a weird one too cuz it's not it's not it's not friends it's acquaintances and it's and it's and it's like and you know everyone in there is is looking for something you know
1: it's yeah kind of- yeah linkedin's weird it's one of the few that i use but i definitely use it you know as a as a professional connection networking device to like you know also as like a research tool okay like who's you know who's running r&d at this company that i can talk to about something i can i can find that out on linkedin so that's a super great resource for that but, but yeah, it's, you know, like the, the incoming requests on LinkedIn are just so often people just trying to sell you things and it's kind of, ugh. Yeah. because I, you know, I think people like you and I are, are, we're kind of, we're in a, we're in an industry, but we're also, you know, we are our friends are in this industry. We're friends with each other, the people in the industry. So it's kind of like this weird mix of business and professional and, or, and personal.
0: Yeah 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 so the, we're not we're, we're anomalies i think <laughs> yeah the it, it it's weird when the lines are blurred between you know um professionalism friendship you know it's yeah. it's, it's, it's weird um but hey we're we're here and we're, we're making it work um yeah. so yeah carl i want to uh, let me ask you, do you have any questions or actually any thoughts before we start bringing down things down to a close i think it's a, a, a good about a good time we, uh, we, we tease the, audiences, the audience for more next time. Um, yeah, no, my question is, uh, you know, where do I get to see you dancing in VR? Dude, we uh, could we you? set this up. <laughs> Let's set this up. First, well, one is you can catch me every Wednesday night at Club Void in VR Chat as Great. Donkey Kong behind the DJ booth. Uh, awesome. But otherwise, we can set it up ourselves. We can try to uh, put together our own high-fidelity or VR Chat club. And, and, and throw a party or something
1: yeah you know? let's, let's definitely do that you know, yes. when we, we, uh, you know I, we have the space here to do a physical side of it as well so <laughs> we can yes. have a lot of fun exciting,
0: so exciting. very cool. Um, cool 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 alright Carl Krantz well how do people stay in touch and follow up with all the cool things you're doing these days yeah the easiest way is just go to spbr.com uh, or sign up on the mailing list very cool. Um, all those links will be included in the show notes. Carl Krantz, you, sir, are a true scholar and gentleman of virtual reality. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show once again. Um, and I look forward to seeing you and dancing with you in the metaverse. Thanks, Chris. It's always fun to be on here.